happy Friday or any other day of the week that you're listening to this podcast. It comes out on Fridays, but welcome back to the Ready, Set, Cheer podcast. I'm Jenna Rose, joined by Antoinette Phelps, a former U... I almost said U of M. Oh, not U of M. No, I... What, what is that all about? Uh, we'll just keep going. Former Michigan State cheerleader <laughs> and Notre Dame prep cheerleader. Antoinette, I just have to give our listeners a little insight as to what's going on right now. You have been filming the last couple of episodes from your closet, but <laughs> your setup has advanced today. I see you've got the whole mic set up in there. You had your coffee. Oh, yeah. Yep. I tagged you on my Instagram story because this is where I am recording our podcast, our 10th podcast. From my closet, so you don't hear my kids screaming in the background. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, you have to do what you have to do. And I do have to ask, I saw this really cute photo up on your story of your son holding a giant lemon that you brought back oh, from Florida. Yes. So my mother-in-law's friend brought it over and left it on the porch for the boys to bring home. And we didn't know if it was a lemon or an orange or what it was, but Huge. it's literally like the size of my one-year-old's head. So we're going to make lemonade with it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I saw the smiley face on it and I was like, wow, they really embraced Florida while they were yeah. <laughs> Well, we didn't do much. We, we stayed at her house the entire time just because of the pandemic and everything. So we had to make fun where we could. <laughs> no, absolutely. I love it. And you know, we're just talking about fun here. There was a lot going on this weekend on the high school cheer scene. So can you give us a little updates of what you saw? Yeah, so there's a couple competitions. Well, there's quite a few competitions actually going on. There was the OAA finals, the white and blue division, which was hosted by Oxford. There was the Tiger Rumble. There was the Jenison Invitational. They had teams like Granville, Hudsonville, DeWitt. And then the one that I watched some clips from was the OAA League Championship, the Red and Gold, which was hosted by Stony Creek. So they had Lake Orion, Rochester, Rochester Adams, and Stony Creek. You know, everyone's competing in these quads right now. So those were the four together. And then there was Birmingham, Berkeley, and Southfield that were in their little pod together. So I'm going to say the same thing I said last week. I am so impressed with all of these athletes, how they have come out of this quarantine still with these strong skills. The first thing I noticed watching some of round two was extremely sharp motions, really strong, loud voices, and good formation changes considering they didn't get to practice formation changes together because they were doing those practices over Zoom up until, what, a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. So the fact that they were able to pull this off, all of these teams was amazing. As far as round two goes, I watched Rochester, Team Tucks, Pretty Toe Touches, Switch Splits, Walkovers, Handsprings. Adams had the same thing. Adams looked really strong. Team Tucks, Team Walkovers, Team Switch Splits, Team Handsprings. Really pretty toe touches. Their pointed toes looked amazing. They were very in sync, I thought. Lake Orion, team walkovers, toe touches, herkies, team tucks, team handsprings. Little bit of wobbles on the landing, but still so perfectly in sync when they were flipping to the point where I had to slow the video down so I could watch, and their hips were even in the exact same spot when they were landing. So very impressive. And then round three, I watched Rochester really strong start with their handspring tucks. They did have a little stunt fall right in the beginning, but they got right back up. It was a ground up to an extension, and they had four really strong stunt groups, really pretty full downs from Liberties. They did some back handsprings into stunts, which I thought was pretty cool. Four heel stretch full downs. They all went for the scale, a little wobbly, but they're, they're getting there. So again, these teams not being able to practice and pulling these stunts out were, was great. Lake Orion had some tucks, handspring tucks. They did a little go green, go white cheer at the beginning, which I really liked. Of course um, you did. <laughs> of course I did, yes. 
Full downs from QPs, really cool transitions in and out of stunts, like walking, twisting, turning, kicks, like all these really cool ways to move their stunt groups around um, for really pretty scales at the end. And then again, Rochester Adams, which is the team that is trying to hold their championship title from last year, just commanding the audience right from the start. Toe touch, back tucks to start almost the entire team. I think a couple girls in the back maybe threw a back handspring instead of a tuck, but a really strong opener, really cool sequence stunts at the beginning. They did some cool like backwards roll up to a QP, to a heel stretch, turn to the side. This is all four stunt groups, then turn back to the front into a bow and arrow and reset back down to a heel stretch full down. I mean, it was really, really cool to watch. And I know Adams has a lot of girls returning. So I think that's, that's pretty good for their team. We, you know, interviewed their coach a couple of weeks ago. So I think that was helpful to them, but still, again, these girls, all of them coming out so strong after not being together as a team, I think was amazing. They did scales, they did twist up QPs, twist downs, and a lot of really cool flares to get in and out of their stunts. So overall, all the teams look strong. I was very impressed by Rochester Adams. Antoinette, we're going to need to start going to some of these competitions and have you do play-by-play. Because I know. <laughs> that it was so fun. It was. It was so fun watching them on video, and I hope we can make it to States. We'll see, you know, what the rules are allowed, allowing at the end of March, but I would love to see some of these teams in person. Antoinette, you saw plenty of high talent this weekend. That reminds me of what MHSAA cheerleading official Rachel Stalick said last week, where she feels that coaches and judges need to reevaluate the way that they're scoring these teams. I mean, even when we look back to interviewing the head coach at Brighton, there was a point where I think it was in 2017, they were separated by less than half a point. Stalick said that there was one year where first through fourth place was all determined by less than half a point. So what were you seeing during that competition? What's something that could add maybe some more flair or what needs to happen to build that gap? Yeah, exactly. I definitely saw a lot of the same talent as far as team tucks. Like I just said, team tucks, team walkovers, team handsprings. So they all have that really high level of talent. I'm not sure how they separate themselves from the pack. My guess is to maybe put in some flares here and there to like get small amount of points. So I know, and she kind of was talking about this last week where there's little things they can do getting in and out of stunts or certain small skills that they can rack up their points that way. So I'm guessing that's what they have to do. Just looking, Adams did stick out to me in this one as far as just being so sharp and in sync. So, and also those little flares. So I think that's how they did it this week because Adams was quite a bit ahead of everyone else. They ended with 775.52. So Adams took first place. Second place would have been Stony Creek, which is 765.56. So they were a good 10 points ahead there. Lake Orion 754.70 taking third place and Rochester High School with 751.86 taking fourth place. So I know when it gets down to it at States, it really will come down to like a point or even less than that. So we'll, we'll have to see, you know, what these teams put in to their routines to, you know, make them stick out. Right. Talent was plentiful across the board. And that brings us into our interview guest today, Antoinette, because Dr. Jason Ivetsky of the Champion Mindset Group out of Birmingham, Michigan, also hosts a podcast called Rising Champions. Nevetsky claims that talent is overemphasized and mental toughness gives athletes the real competitive advantage. He takes the time to coach athletes to build their mental strength. And we're excited to chat with him and see how you can apply his techniques to your sport, whether it be cheerleading or any other. Let's get to it. 
do it. Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Cheer. We are joined today by Dr. Jason Novetsky, sports psychologist of Champion Mindset Group out of Birmingham, Michigan. Hi, Jason. Thank you so much for being here today. Good morning. It's uh, great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're really excited to hear what you have to say and to share your perspective on high school athletics. So just getting into it, what does a sports psychologist do? Well, I think my work is really considered more of a coaching approach than it is traditional therapy. And that's what I tell my athletes when I meet with them privately is like, you know, you're here to get better at your sport or your performance or whatever activity that you're into, not necessarily to deal with deep-rooted psychological issues. I am licensed to do all those things, but the work I do at Champion Mindset Group is really about coaching athletes on mental skills. Okay. So if we had athletes on here that wanted to work with you, do you work with just individuals or you work with whole teams and how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, both. So I work with individual athletes in my office one-on-one here in Birmingham. And then I'm also out um, several nights a week or on the weekends uh, doing presentations to teams or maybe just having some team meetings or also working with coaches. And so how they can uh, help their athletes better mentally prepare and focus and recover from adversity. And people can get in touch with me on my website. It's www.champmindset.com. Also on all the social media channels, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. And you can just search Champion Mindset Group. And you'll know you find me if you find my logo of the Eye of the Tiger. You said that you have worked with cheerleaders before. Yeah, I've worked with some competitive cheer athletes uh, privately and also with a few teams in the Metro Detroit area. Wonderful. So what do you think is the main issue that you're seeing out of athletes today? It doesn't have to be just pertain to cheerleading, maybe just overall. What's something that you're seeing that's a challenge for these athletes? Well, obviously, lately with the, you know, the year we've all endured, we've seen an uptick in anxiety, a lot of depression as well. Um, during the shutdown last spring on Zoom or FaceTime, I had to get real flexible with how I saw my clients that were struggling to help them understand that what they were going through was really a delay, not a denial in what they've been training to do and helping them keep things in perspective. And certainly for some of the senior athletes, it was a a denial and that was very sad, but we had to put things in perspectives and help them understand that there's only so much we can control and just help them process that. And there was no way to sugarcoat it for some of them. Like for some of them, that was it. And it was very difficult for them to have them deal with that. But we also have to start moving forward and look for other outlets that they can use their, their passion and experiences uh, in whatever sport they play to channel those experiences into the next chapter of their lives. Yeah, that makes sense. Before we continue, we talked about how you can recruit yourself to Lawrence Technological University. Here's more. If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, e-sports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit LTUathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Cheer, where we're joined by Dr. Jason Novetsky out of Champion Mindset Group. What about a strength that you're seeing common amongst high school kids today? Yeah, what's amazing to me is the resilience that a lot of these athletes have uh, shown uh, over the difficulty and the flexibility. 
which I think, you know, is what sports is all about, is, is teaching us those things. So we never thought we'd have to learn it through a pandemic, but sports and what we've gone through has taught us all about being more flexible, being more resilient, focusing on what's important, and helping us move forward through difficult times, which all these kids are going to have to do as they graduate and move on into their, their adult lives. Right. On your website, you were talking about talent is overemphasized and that mm. it's more about the mental toughness. Can you expand on that? It's one of my favorite topics. Um, good question. So often, you know, I work with, I'm fortunate enough to work with very high level elite athletes. Some are very young and, and, you know, working towards that, but a lot of them are very elite. And we've come to realize that when you get to a certain level, it's not about your talent or your skill set anymore. Because I'm sure you're seeing uh, in competitive cheer, you know, when you get to varsity cheerleaders and collegiate cheerleading, everybody's good. Everybody's got the skills for the most part. So what is going to be that separator that's going to give you that competitive advantage under pressure? It's going to be your ability to maintain discipline with your emotions and, and how does live and play in the present moment. And so I think so often all we see on TV and on social media is these great skills but we don't really learn and, and hear about what's going on underneath the surface, you know, between the ears. I played softball in college, so I can totally understand the mental toughness for a game, especially <clears throat> in that sport. Mm -hmm. So when you say that you've worked with elite athletes as well, can you tell us what maybe the biggest disconnect is between your younger athletes and your more elite athletes outside of the fact when it comes to skill sets? I think the biggest thing I see, and this happened also during the pandemic, it really came to fruition, was people's difficulty with dealing with adverse situations, being resilient. I believe wholeheartedly that the participation generation type coaching and parenting was a detriment to a lot of people. I feel like it was a failed parenting strategy and that may be controversial, but I do believe that because if parents and teachers and coaches swoop in and don't allow kids to handle adversity, deal with some failure, then when things like what happened recently to all of us comes up, they don't have the skill set to manage it very well. And when athletes that don't deal with adversity and failure on their own, with support, of course, but mostly on their own, when they go out in the real world, they, you know, there's no better way to say it, they kind of get punched in the face uh, when, you know, they don't get the job or they don't get the promotion or they don't get the BMW with their first job. And it's difficult for them to manage it. And I think that's some of the root of some of the mental illness that we're seeing is the inability to really understand, hey, I'm not entitled to anything. I have to work for it and I have to deal with tough situations. So I think that's some of the weaknesses that I'm seeing from some of those young athletes that have not dealt with adversity. And so I'm, I'm hoping, you know, and I say this a lot when I work with parents and coaches is let them figure it out a little bit. It's okay for them to feel uncomfortable. We got to learn how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Something else that was on your site is the importance of self-image and imagery. Can you just expand on that as well? Because that seems so interesting to me to bring in that aspect of visualizing your different goals. Yeah. So we're all born with, we don't know who we are, you know, when we're born. And we, we experience the world and we start to get a lot of feedback. And we start to figure things out about the kind of person we are. And many times those things are true that we figure out and think of ourselves but oftentimes we believe a lot of false things uh, and that becomes our image, our self-image, our identity. And I'm a big believer in you are going to behave and perform based on who you believe you are. And the cool thing about the work that I do with my athletes is we help them recreate that self-image if needed, because sometimes there's a lot of self-doubt, there's a lack of confidence, very, very poor self-talk or inner voice, 
or inner coach, as I call it. And we help them reframe that to develop a better self-image or a brand, if you will, of themselves. Uh, you know, in younger kids' words right down, everybody talks about their brand. And so what is your brand? What are you selling out there? And how do you see yourself? And having a really big discussion about that, creating some descriptors that they want to see themselves as. And we create something called an identity statement that helps them kind of use it as a filter where every decision or behavior they're about to make, they ask themselves, what would the person in my identity statement do right now? And so it helps them make decisions better based on something positive in their life. Man, I wish I knew you when I was playing ball. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I knew me too. Competitive cheer is always about good sportsmanship. It's a motto that MHSAA wants to reinforce across all sports. Listen to this. Sportsmanship has never been more important between the lines in athletics and outside those lines in our communities. To listen, to respect, to understand, to practice common decency, to have competition without contentiousness. Sportsmanlike qualities are essential components of life itself. Let's all work together to not only be good sports, but good people. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Cheer, where we're currently interviewing Dr. Jason Nevetsky. I had to get shoulder surgery heading into my athletic career in college, and that was a huge mental breakdown for me. Mm. What's your approach to athletes if they're just overcoming an injury? Is that a different process? Yeah, it is, and it comes up quite a bit. Obviously, you know, like I said, I deal with high-level athletes, so they play hard, and they get injured, and they have surgeries, and sometimes the, the biggest issue coming back, obviously, is confidence, confidence in their body which, you know, in their mind sometimes has let them down and is not prepared to, to kind of bring them back to this highest level. So we take baby steps. You know, obviously, it's, it's a physical and mental approach to overcoming an injury to make sure that they adjust their goals now because now their goals have been interrupted and that's painful and they feel like they're falling behind. So they feel that pressure of comparing themselves to other people that have been healthy. So we have to say, okay, well, now your goal is your health. So let's put your other goals on pause and let's create some new goals to focus on where do we want to be in a month with this surgery and have your physical therapy in place, have your other training in place. But then we add the mental component. So instead of now of using skills like visualization and imagery for your performance, now we're going to turn that towards you getting healthier and visualize yourself meeting your physical therapy goals, uh, your other training goals, and develop a baby step plan for slowly increasing the amount of movement or pressure or stress that we're going to put on that injury. So we kind of slowly work towards gaining confidence by having success, small successes every day. Jason, you've talked about visualizing and confidence and how that could be helpful to high school sports. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about a growth mindset and how Mm -hmm. that may help a cheerleader? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of work in the field of what we call growth mindset or fixed mindset. Carol Dweck is kind of the seminal author of that great book called Mindset. And it's really cool because a lot of work has been going on with schools in regards to growth mindset and obviously the application to sports in coaching. And it's basically a mindset of saying that we can change, we can improve, that your athletic ability or your intellectual ability is not fixed, but it's going to take hard work. And there's a process that you have to follow and there's going to be some bumps in the road, but every bump in the road is an opportunity to learn. It's either an opportunity to learn about yourself or an opportunity to learn a way not to do something. 
um, and kind of put that in the memory bank versus having a, a fixed mindset where you're just, I am who I am and that's the way it's going to be and I, I can't get any better and I'm always going to be bad at that. And that's just a very limiting approach to life in general. So having a growth mindset in anything, whether it's athletics or your job, is obviously a better way to go. And I'm not saying you, you can say you can do anything you want, but there's always room for growth in anything. So I don't want people to think, well, if you just think positive, you can do anything. That's not necessarily true. We have to be realistic, but there, like I said, there's always room for growth if you're willing to work hard and push yourself. Right. Would you say the people that come to see you, do you think that they start off with a fixed mindset, a lot of them? Uh, some of them do. I'm, you know, I'm not going to cookie cutter anybody. You know, my work is very customized to where people are when they come in. I would say I'm fortunate that in my chosen field, working with athletes, I get the benefit of working with pretty motivated people. Most athletes I get to see are, they want to get better at what they're doing. Uh, there are some, though, that come in with an attitude. Maybe they didn't want to come see me in the first place. It was somebody else's idea for them to come see me, whether it was a, a coach or a parent or a teammate that kind of pushed them. And, you know, then I got to build some rapport and build some trust and, and get through that. And then we can really start working. So, yeah, it's a mixed bag. Right. So speaking of these athletes that you work with, I know you also have your own podcast, which is called Rising Champions. Yes. And you discuss the mental side of sports, which you, you just alluded to here. Can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Sure, yeah. It was a, kind of a brainchild of a common friend of ours, Kyle Bogey, that started a company called Brand 25 Media with his partner, Mike Sullivan. And I happened to meet Sully on the golf course. And we started talking and one thing led to another. And I said, hey, you know, I've been thinking about doing this podcast thing to supplement my private practice because I really want to give a voice to young athletes. A lot of podcasts in my field only bring on pros or big names. And, and that's fine. I think we need to have that perspective too. I just wanted to take it a little different approach and have some of my clients or other young athletes talk about their experiences if they were comfortable on improving their mental approach to playing sports. So Bogey agreed to be my co-host and we've got about 39 or 40 episodes in so far since last May. And wow. it's been so much fun and giving a voice to these young kids. And, we, and sometimes we have coaches on or other people, other adults, but I would say 90% of the time it's young athletes. So check it out, Rising Champions. It's on Apple and Spotify and Podbean, I think. Yeah, that's great. I listened to your last two episodes. I think you had a volleyball player and a hockey mm -hmm. player. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It was really interesting. Do you think you'll ever feature a cheerleader? Of course, anybody. Yeah, yeah we're open You're to all, all comers, all comers. Yeah, absolutely. I think gr more perspectives we have uh, from different avenues, I think just makes us all better. That's great. So what are some tips you would give to high school athletes? Wow. So I think the biggest thing is to learn about pressure. I'm a big believer that mental toughness is a skill. I think it can be taught. I think it can be developed. And it's about living in the present moment with what I call a neutral mindset in the face of pressure and distraction. So I think one of the first steps that we work on and a good tip would be to understand what pressure is. And I can certainly explain that. And then once we understand what pressure is, what are some strategies that we can use to help us manage it? It's always going to be there. So we have to learn how to manage pressure. And that's, again, what's so great about sports is how you learn to manage pressure in a sport is how you're going to learn how to manage it in real life too. So these skills that they learn while working with me or someone else is going to be, it's going to transcend to their everyday life as well. 
When an athlete comes to you, can you describe the process of how you get to know each other and how you build an individualized approach? Yeah. I think one thing I do that really helps is try to be as genuine and open as possible. So like I said, I tell them right off the get-go, look, you're not here because something majorly is wrong. Um, You're here to get better. You're here to go from really good to being really great or elite. And I tell them my backstory, which is I needed this work when I was in college. I was a division one baseball player. I had a lot of success in high school. And when I got to the collegiate level, I struggled. Uh, I struggled to win. I struggled to be successful. I lost a lot of games as a starting pitcher. And I was really frustrated because I didn't experience that in high school. It was easier for me in high school and college. Everybody's good, like I said earlier. And I didn't have those mental skills to give me that advantage or to separate me from the pack. So I was asking around, what's going on? What do I need to do? And people said, look, it's not physical, it's mental. Now, this is 1988, so no one's talking about this stuff, right? <laughs> and somebody handed me a book, and you know, there was no Google or YouTube to check it out either back then. So I finally had to pick up this book, and everything in this book, it was called The Mental Game of Baseball. And Harvey Dorfman, the author, it was amazing and said all the things that I needed to hear about developing routines and self-talk and visualization and preparation and just how to th- see things from a different point of view. And so I I really put some of those things into practice and I turned my next season around and went on to have a really nice collegiate career. And I said, okay, there's something to this mental toughness thing or the sports psychology thing. I want to learn more. So I I got my degrees in psychology all the way up through the PhD and I tell them my story. And once my athletes see that, okay, this isn't a guy that just read about this in books, he lived it. And I think that gives me an advantage of connecting with my athletes because they understand that I've been in their shoes not just as an athlete, but somebody that also struggled being an athlete. And so I think that that gets us off to a good start. And then, as I said earlier, we start digging into what their needs are. And, and oftentimes it, it starts with some education about what is pressure and, and how to manage those things. And we move on from there. Right. I love that you established that same plane that you've been in their shoes. Do you give them hypothetical situations to gauge where they are with how they can mentally approach certain situations? Because do they really know what they need coming in just besides the fact that they want to perform better? Sometimes they think they know. Sometimes they do. You know, they say, I, you know, they want to be more consistent with their performance. That's a big one. Or they want to work on their confidence. They say they lost their confidence. And again, it goes back always, I find, over and over to how do we manage what's going on around us? How do we manage those distractions or what I call mental traps? You know, we all get sucked into thinking about things that are outside of our control. You know, whether it's what other people think of us or our coach or who's watching uh, or our competitors or our teammates. We worry about our status on our team. And a lot of these things suck up a lot of our mental energy which then distracts us from being in the present and, you know, and maximizing our physical talent. So I try to give them all these different, like you say, hypotheticals or scenarios, like what could be going on? And I give them all these topic areas and I'll say, which one sounds like to you or, or we should jump in for you? Because I want them to drive it. I want them to come in and say, this is what I think I need to work on. I say, great, let's go from there. And, I, and it kind of then you know, organically or naturally kind of evolves to what really is the root cause. But if I started and I said, you know what, this is what I think it is and this is what you should do, then people are going to put up a wall. And so I don't have like five steps to mental toughness. It's let's start where you are. Let's see where this evolves. And I think they start to come around and open up after, the, after a little while. 
with the way that sports are evolving, I feel like kids are getting younger and younger and they're getting put into more specialized camps. They're going and parents are paying a lot of money to put them with specific teams. What would you tell parents why it's so important for them to get this working with their mental toughness with you? Well, I think everybody needs mental toughness. Uh, I think some kids need it more than others. And I think that I'm a parent of athletes as well. And I think, you know, our kids don't listen to us as well when it comes to those things. We're, they're too close to the situation. Not that they don't know what they're saying. Uh, they're all well-meaning and they may have great knowledge. But being a parent versus being a coach is different. And I think kids will listen to their coaches or a professional in, in their field as opposed to their parents first, even though the coaches might be saying the exact same things. But it sounds different coming from somebody from the outside, kind of with no skin in the game. I would also say to parents, you know, be careful of this early specialization. Uh, the research is very clear that the more successful athletes played multiple sports growing up. Uh, I think as they get older and later into high school, it's okay to kind of prune off the other activities and sports that they're dealing with, but play as much as you can, as long as you can to get different experiences mentally, but also physically, because we see also an increase in injuries of kids that specialize too early because they're not developing other muscle groups or other movements. So, you know, when you play tennis or you play hockey and basketball, you're using a lot of different skills versus just being a golfer your whole life. So do other things as well so you can develop mentally and physically from multiple points of view. Absolutely. We're wishing you continued success with your business and hopefully everything's going smoothly with your athletes during this time. Thank you very much for having me. I know for those of you who have been listening to us over the past couple of weeks, this was definitely a different kind of interview that we brought on, but I think that was so rewarding because that gave us a great perspective of what different goals athletes can set when it comes to building that mental toughness. And Antoinette, something that I really liked that Dr. Jason Nevetsky said was amidst COVID working with these athletes, it was changing that mindset from a denial to being able to compete to a delay. Yeah, exactly. And that's so funny because when I was watching these videos, these clips from the competitions, the first thing that came to my mind was I'm just stunned as to how these athletes have been able to overcome the adversity they have felt this year with COVID-19. And I know Jason also touched on that, how they have been able to work their way through this pressure that they're feeling and turn it into something positive. And that's 100% what I saw in these competitions. Right. And something to just preaching about building the mental aspect of the game. I feel like playing high school ball, college, just travel. It's always been something that's been preached, but not necessarily something we've had to sit down and work on. So to have someone available to you like Dr. Jason Nevetsky, that sounds like that would be such a rewarding experience to be able to break down what simple goals that you can set for you to achieve. And especially if you're bouncing back from an injury, that really interested me. And I love that even though he does have that background when it comes to therapy, he's bringing that coaching aspect. And I liked his distinction between listening to your parent and a coach when it comes to, even if it's the same message. I mean, I remember my dad would be like, I'll kill you if you swing at the first pitch again. <laughs> so my coach is like, hey, just like, you know, don't swing at the first pitch. I'm like, all right, we're going to swing at it again. Oh, but, he's uh, so right about that. That's so true. Kids definitely do listen to other people rather than their, their parents for it to sink in. <laughs> right. So That's definitely right. wish that was something that 
I did back during my athletic career. So to everyone listening, whether you're a cheerleader, a parent, or just a sports fan, definitely go look into the champion mindset group. They're out of Birmingham, Michigan. And thank you again to Dr. Jason Novetsky for coming on. That was, that was a really fun interview. I love that. Yeah, it was great. So thank you everyone for staying with us. This is our, what, 10th episode you're saying, Antoinette? Yeah. It is our 10th episode. And one more thing. Happy birthday, Jenna. Oh, thank you, Antoinette. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we got two Pisces running the podcast. So (laughs) you're Uh coming up here soon in March, right? (laughs) Yeah, coming up. All right. Well, thank you, Internet. And again, thank you everyone for listening. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can email us at readysetcheer at statechampsnetwork.com. Hope everyone has an awesome week.